You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast from ascully.com. You can find this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, Google Play, YouTube, Voice Assistance, just say listen to After The Show Movie Podcast, and you can also find us on ascully.com where we post written reviews. With that out of the way, here are your hosts, Ascully and Sitok. Hello, Sitok. Hello. Day. How are you doing on this fine pandemic evening? Must not make fun of it. I'm fine. Not making fun of it. I'm just referencing it so you can <laughs> react to it. Oh, that's my reaction. I'm doing well. Um, you know what really sucks about this week? Um, which one thing? No, two things for me. Okay. One thing. Last. Let's, let's point out this is from your point of view. We don't have a lot of sucky things happening around us right now. Not up close. All right, these are technological sucks. Okay, must much better to qualify them. So last week, my um, Plex server, I, I fired it up and all my movies were missing, all of them. So I was like, what the hell? So I go and look and one of the hard drives is completely dead. It won't even work anymore. So I had to take it apart and replace the hard drive and put all the movies back on and that was good, Right. So then later on in the week, I'm using my regular main computer and the SSD, which powers the thing, decides to start going bad on me. What is the odds of those two things going wrong in one week, computer-wise? Uh, probably pretty high. Completely as unrelated. You, as much as you use your computer, I'd say. Yeah, but we're looking at two different computers in two different rooms, both going on the fritz at the same time. Right. So, what's the third thing? Because don't they say it comes in three? I don't know. Did you have another thing? No. Okay. I was just saying, what's the third thing? Well, then the whole world's struggling and your hard drive's being a problem. I'm not sure if those things compare, but when it's up close I and personal... I comparing them. I know, I'm just saying, though. Was the not. third thing could be everything else. So One what? good thing was, it took. it was very quick. You ordered it, it showed up. Yeah, Amazon is certainly not slowing things down, are they? I mean, probably it depends on what you're getting, but... So we'll just address it. If you're listening to this in 2025 or 2035 or 2100, 20, 2125, whatever, in the future... Are you just going to say every number? <laughs> every year that could be in the future from now. Um, far enough in the future where you weren't here or your parents weren't here, maybe. Let's go that far. It's just that there is a... Current, it's been classified as a pandemic. It is the COVID-19 virus. And um, it's been going on, started in China a while back, apparently. And now we're a few months in. And now in America, cities, states are getting to where we are kind of like shutting down businesses, sending people home. Schools are closed. Um, some cities are doing what they call like lockdown or not that, but they're saying don't go out unless you have to get food, medicine, or go to work. And then don't go to work if you don't have to go to work. And so it's a whole different, from two months ago, 
the world is a very different place. <laughs> like, very different. It's not like, you know, there's not, like, police on every street corner or anything like that. It's just the vibe is, like, wow. Where's it going to go? So next week, we'll give you an update. Currently, we are in the state of Missouri. And one city now has shut down, basically, which is St. Louis. And that's the first one that I'm aware of. And this um, is happening all over the world, not just here. Yeah, correct. All over the whole world. Yeah. So, I mean, we we are not everywhere, but we can only go by what the news says. So, my job, I am what they call essential. So, I get to go to work back and forth because someone has to physically be where I work. Um, it's a data center. So, you know, that's a whole other level of plotting and planning. Like, what's the danger there? We share a workspace. We have had a positive... A person test positive in our building this week. And so, you know, now, again, look it up. COVID-19, you can look up all the details. Your, your, fu- of, your future people. <laughs> there are a lot of essential people, right? There's like mm-hmm. sure. doctors, nurses. Yeah, and we're not that. We're not, but it's just that it's a data center that offers up vital digital services and data to keep things rolling keep things going you can't just shut it down it's it's highly necessary for people's needs to be met obviously right now everybody's going online so you know again we'll update you a week from now (laughs) see what's going on yeah so um on to different things saturday yeah it's not the only thing going on in the world but you wouldn't know that from the news stories so it is Saturday, March the 21st. This is after the show 626. Um, we're a movie review podcast. And this week we're looking at the movie 1917. It's a 2019 movie. Releases on Blu-ray on March the 17th. Is that already out? I'm yep. Not, um... Yeah, that was St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. This is the so, 21st. So you can pick this up now. It's You've on... lost track of time. Uh, it's available now. It's rated R. It's from our friends at Universal who sent us a copy for review. Sid Talk will give you the synopsis of the movie and then I'll give you the real one off the back of the cover. Well, for this one, I mean, it's pretty straightforward. We're following a soldier who's been given a mission, he and another soldier, young soldier, to get information to a British battalion not to attack on the German front lines because the Germans have set a trap and these young men have to go through a gauntlet essentially about eight to ten miles on foot in the mud no help very little supplies just to get that word to the guy who's on the front line to not proceed with their attack because they're all walking into a big trap okay like a human carrier pigeon it is and it's like you know it's um the kind of story where it was successful to get me attached to the person, and now I'm on the journey with them. So, All right, so I'll give you the one off the back of the cover. Sam Mendes, the Oscar-winning director of Skyfall, Spectre, and American Beauty, brings his singular vision to this World War I epic. At the height of the First World War, two young British soldiers, Schofield and Blake, are given a seemingly impossible mission. In a race against time, they must cross enemy territory and deliver a message that will stop a deadly attack on hundreds of soldiers. Blake's own brother among them. Sounds right, sounds right. Yeah, that's good, actually, because they don't give too much. Anyway, let me tell you. What did you do when the movie was over? I uh, applauded. (laughs) You did. Uh, Let me say, um, two weeks ago we watched Uncut Gems. I think it's fantastic. It goes right up in my... 
top films of all time. You said it was going to be hard to top it. Yeah. Um, so I was ex- I'm was i excited because we're getting some good movies so far this year. I said to you, there's, there's some other... Uh, the, we saw Joker, which is another amazing one. And 1917 goes right in there. Right. Um, I, let me say, the director or photographer of this movie, who is it? Roger Deakin. He is my favorite director <laughs> of photography, of all directors of photography. He is, he is amazing, and this movie, again, shows... Well, he did win an Oscar for this movie, let's sure. say. Um, is it his only one? It's his only one. He finally got an Oscar for this one. People, people have been saying over the years, why the hell hasn't he got an Oscar? You know? He's been nominated many times. But the first I think, movie... I think to have people say that is enough. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But um, this movie, while you might say... Is, there, is it a gimmick? There's a style of... The movie has a style and it's presented in like a one-take shot. It isn't actually a one-take shot. There's many edits and cuts. But it's like you're following a person and it never lets up, right? Which I think it was very successful in doing that because I felt... Because it never cuts away to like some people talking somewhere else. Correct. You feel like you're on this proper journey. Like other films, they try and ratchet up the tension and then they'll occasionally cut to some people talking. In this case, it'll probably cut to some commanders talking about them in some other place. And you kind of get out of it for a second and then then you get back. You never get out of this movie. So why wasn't this young guy nominated? I don't know. It was amazing. Like, amazing. But um, this movie, it, it, you never get out of the action. Even when it's not action, it's just them walking. Which reminded me a bit of the film The Wrestler, if you remember mm-hmm. that one. Where you're just walking behind somebody and it gives Punch you Punch Drunk that, Love also. Yes. It gives you that, um, like, just that you're there and you're kind of observing something that's happening. And in this movie, like, from that beginning scene where they sat under the tree eating, they're, they're just eating some, you know, rations. And then they stand up and then the whole movie's just following them. It's... And it's not like first person. No, it varies from the angle. It's not like it's glued to the back of him. But, I mean, you are just on this one soldier pretty much the whole time. Yeah, and it's... I don't know if it lets up. I mean, technically, I don't think it does. It, um, I, was, I had to read about it afterwards, obviously. Obviously. Uh, I definitely wanted to know what the deal was. And they wanted to present it as though it's one take, which is what they do. But the longest take in the movie where they actually don't stop the camera filming is eight and a half minutes. Right. So they use clever... Sometimes they put something in the foreground where the character disappears behind it. And there's an actual cut taking place there. So you know when he's going down the river? Mm-hmm. And then there's a big boulder in front of him. And then you see him go behind it. When he comes out the other side, that's a whole different take that they've done. So there's a lot of that, or where they go into a dark doorway. The yeah. Whole, the whole frame goes black for a second. That's actually a... a I can tell. So it's full of those cuts, but you don't really think of it, do you? You just think of this one. It's almost like a half a second of like, oh, You yeah, know, really, you're not yeah. looking at someone, something, or what I found myself was looking out for the enemy. Like looking in every corner of the frame for someone to pop up or some danger to appear, you know, because it is a, it's relentless. And it achieves that fear thing. Yes, totally. 
there's, you know, I play video games and there's been several video games that uh, give me that feeling, like Battlefield. They have a campaign generally where you play as a soldier. And that's why I said it. I, I kind of, this movie kind of plays out like you're following your character, like it's your character. And in video games, I've had that feeling several times for, oh, I'm just a soldier and I'm just, they've sent me into this field and what the hell? I don't know what's coming. I don't know anything. Like, I don't know, you know, at the beginning of this movie when he's going through the trenches and you see those signs on the side that say, you know, don't pop your head up during mm-hmm. daytime hours. And I'm like, yeah, like you could literally just stand up accidentally and that's it. You're over. So it's terrifying. They jump out of the the very first time where they climb up the ladder to get out of the trench. Oh my, I was just I was like pushed back in my chair so hard like Yeah. And it's not because it's a film and it's pulling on me and it's making me feel things because it's fiction. It's because it's real. This isn't real. It's not a documentary. It's not footage from a real you know, front and front line of a war. It's just that this is what real people have lived through and not lived through for all of history of mankind because we're fucking idiots, right? So real young men and women, I'm going to say mostly young men over the history of humans fighting wars, have had to do that. Like, face down, like, imminent death and destruction every second of days and hours and months and years at a time. And it's terrifying. And then you think, for what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What the fuck is wrong with the enemy people who want to destroy everything? And uh, it's got me got me thinking, like, real people, we are pawns. Like, no matter what, if we were put, you know, if you're a soldier, not me, I'm not a soldier, I've never been in the military, but I mean, as a soldier person, you are a pawn. You are expendable. They don't want to lose you, but you are disposable, right? That's why you put them out. It's like the meat grinder situation. And that's what I thought of, like, all these young men. And, like, to what end, you know? Not only us, but, I mean, the per- the people who are doing the attacking German Germany at the time, right? All those mothers, fathers who had to, did give up their sons to the war and that, just all floods in my mind when I'm when he's about to climb over that ladder. I mean, seriously, all of that. Because you're just like, why? Why? Why is it so hard to be people, you know? And it shows you, like, it really shows you, like, how the horror of war all the way through. Like- Absolutely. And especially of that very specific time frame. I think the, you know, 1917 comes alive from every picture I've ever seen anyway of it. It's, you feel like, Oh, it's grungy and dirty and horrible and musty and moldy. And it's just awful to think of all those people having to deal with that. And this film was like, you, as we saw from the extras, it was done practically like the, they even built like a massive trench that looked like it was about a mile long. Yeah. They built, it was a mile long, she said. Almost. They, they built um, like the, well, they built everything that you see in the movie looks like it was built for real. Like I didn't. There wasn't I was really shocked that that the rubble city in France was, you know, where the lights were going over. I was like, really? Which, that's the part where I was like, oh, yeah, I see why he won his Oscar. Yeah, absolutely. It was gorgeous <laughs> and terrifying at the same time. Yeah, it's like um, a scene at night and Roger Deakins is very famous for his lighting. Uh, the coward Robert Ford was the first time we ever saw his stuff for real. Was it? That's the first movie that made me pay attention to him. I was like, why does this look so cool? 
oh, there's this guy. And then we saw other films by him and we were like, oh, shit. Like, look at, look at Skyfall. Like, we were like, whoa. Yeah. So um, there's this scene. It's in the dark. And it's not one of those scenes in the dark where you can't see anything because Roger's in charge of it. It's there are flares going up into the sky and the way that, you know, they go up and then they fizzle out. But as they go up, like the, how would you explain it? The shadows kind of lengthen and then shorten again? Yeah, it's just the light going across, like the sun going across the sky. So it's like it's just like the sun during the day. The shadows get really long and short. Yeah. And you, you know, you can see our guy and then you can't see him and then you can see him. Which means he can't see and then he can see and then he can't see. And it's terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. And it was so well done. I was like, wow, this is like, you know, like a unique thing that I don't feel like I've seen in a movie. Like the way this is lit. And it makes sense. It's not like, oh, let's just make this look really cool for because it's cool. It actually makes sense. It felt like that was exactly what it would look like. Yeah. So, yeah, there are some beautiful stuff in this movie. I I also like the part, you know where the plane comes down? Yeah. That whole vista shot there with the... Obviously, that plane would be CG. (laughs) That's not a... But, you know, it's like this wide-sweeping vista shot. You can see the horizon. You can see a dogfight taking place in the sky. Yeah, I thought that was really fascinating. It's kind of like, um, what's that movie? Was it just City, not City Skyline, the Skyline maybe where you never see the actual thing that's happening in the city? Uh, you mean the uh, alien invasion thing? You're skyline, just with, yeah. yeah, you're just with a group of people trying to get through the city and you never even see like, What's actually happening, you know what I mean? Like, you're not there when it happens. You're not with the troops. You're not with... You're just right. with these people. Similar thing where you you look from a distance and you're like, whoa, some battle is going on over there. And this is what... These guys just look up and there's three planes going like... Yeah, like like it's... An, and Instead of like, being wow. up there showing us what it really looked like. Which, yeah, like in something like Dunkirk where you saw it from the sky. Sure. Yeah. But this was cool because they were just small and they were... And even those two soldiers were like, wow, who's winning? You know, like, yeah. just looking at it. like um, The whole thing is it's just a really well-done thing. Mm-hmm. I know I know some people, um, I, I saw some reviews where they said it was so boring they couldn't deal with this movie. I actually saw a, movie, a review of a person I admire and watch who said that it was the most boring movie they've ever seen. Wow. Yeah, I was like... After watching it, I was like, I don't even, I can't even comprehend where you're coming from. Like, it's an act. Are you heartless? Because, <laughs> really- I mean, you're, you just get, I got so involved with the reality of war, like foot war. You know what I mean? Like being right there in the middle of it. Yeah. And young people being involved, you know, like, oh, yeah. The young people who, they're barely out of like training, you know, they're just these young dudes. And they're like, the, the whole fate of everybody is on them. It's just insane. Yeah. So that's where it... it I, th- I said at the end of it, it's powerful. Really powerful yeah. film. It feels powerful. Right at the very end of the film, I won't, I'm not spoiling the film, but a black screen comes up and it says... It says this was the... I mean, everyone knows how, the, how it ends. No, it it's says these are, the story, <laughs> these are the stories of... And then it... Says the guy's name. What I mean is you can't really ruin this movie. Right. I don't know the guy's name. I mean, it's World name, War One, But it, it comes up and it's actually Sam Mendes' director's granddad. Now, I just looked it up. His granddad was in World War One, And then later, 
he became a novelist and wrote stories about World War One. Not necessarily true stories, but based on things that he'd seen. Sure. And stories he'd heard. And this story, 1917, is based on one of his short stories. But Sam himself, you know, elaborated upon it to make it more involving, I guess. So it's not... These people didn't exist. There was a mission like this for real. Many missions like this for real, I was just reading. I'm sure there was. Where two people just went off. And they always sent two because, you know, one might die and the other one might get there. And two was about the most they could afford to send. They couldn't send like six. Right. You know, they needed the rest of them in the trenches. So two was like the number. And again, expendable. If you both die, okay. We'll just send send another two later. Yeah. It's like, it's just that meat grinder thing again. Yeah. And this, this one, you know, we're with this guy and we're like, he has to get this message over there or they're all going to die. Like. Because, you know... But also everybody's kind of like, oh, so? Okay. Whatever. Like, either they don't believe him or it's kind of like, can you see how pointless this all is? Like, they just look at him like, okay, keep going. (laughs) It's like in my, my, like, I'm sat on the edge of my seat kind of thing. And I'm like, oh, come on. There's some people. You can tell them the message and maybe they'll get it to the guy. And they're all kind of like, you know, just kind of... They're beat down, you know, like you're... (laughs) Um, I don't even know. I'm sure there are lots of names for all the things that people in war, the trauma that your brain goes through, like, but nothing seems outrageous anymore. Nothing seems out of the norm, except if all of a sudden it all stopped, that would be, and I think that's why post-traumatic stress disorder comes in, is that all of a sudden, it's like, it appears everything's fine, but you would never get over that fear. I just don't, I'm not, I don't think anyone ever could. It seems insurmountable. Yeah. How could anyone be bored? That just seems rude. <laughs> another another part that I really loved was there's this, there's about 30 minutes of stress. There's this, there's <laughs> yeah. this portion you can in say the that. movie where it's just stress for 30 minutes and then it, it ends up as he falls in some water and he's being washed down a river. And then the sequence that comes after that where he sees the people in the woods and the the guy's singing. And it's just really like this mellow, like he walks up to it. Hypnotic. Yeah, and he's just, you know, and it it, it, in my mind I was like, oh yeah, humanity, we're actually creative and this all this shit that's going on here is just crushing us all. Like, what? But look, this guy's took a moment out, he's singing, all the guys are sat around hypnotized listening to it. And it's and for you as a viewer, even who's like stressed out to the max <laughs> at that point, it's just this like. Oh. I wasn't. Oh no, no, I didn't have any relief at all because I felt like at any second a bomb was going to drop on their head. So no, I was not relaxed. I'm like, I w- get. I kept thinking, get out of there, get out of there, stop singing, get out of there. <laughs> <laughs> this is not good. Plus, you're singing. Everyone can hear you. You're it like was- painting a target on your head. Uh, the. You know, and like I say, it never cuts away from this guy. It's always either behind him, in front of him, around him. You know, you you can see him. I would say the main guy is in every single Yeah, shot. that's what I was saying before. I think he is. Yeah. As some, you know, you might be looking at the back of his head, but he's definitely there always. So it's a unique thing, because have you seen a movie like that before? Where it's all, you know, probably one shot or... probably. I've but, seen some. Yeah, the one where she's in that house, remember? Oh yeah. Was yeah, supposedly, yeah. but they cheat they claimed that it was really one thing, but that it wasn't. wasn't quite as 
uh, ambitious as this. It was, though, was it? that was a gimmick. This yeah. one you could say, yeah, sort of gimmicky, but but it actually works to because get, it yeah, to makes get, you have a feeling. Yes, because if you know, if it was just a straight up movie, like I said to you, where it where it cuts to like the guy in the bunkers talking, and then it cuts back to them wandering across the thing, and then it cuts to somebody else and cuts to the guy. You're not in the fully sky. invested in this person's no. actual thing that they're having to go through. You're literally with this guy. You feel for this guy. You want this guy to succeed. There's all kinds of... But it seems very doom and gloom. Yeah, the roadblocks along the way are terrible. Like, it's... It's, like, it's kind of also like uh, War Horse. Well, yeah, War Horse. You know? Yeah, true. It's got a very, like... Because you're following this one particular story. Not the same style, necessarily. But just... Huh? You just feel like you're mired in it. And you have to get through it. And you're really, really, really rooting for the person. Because basically... They're in charge, right? The character's in charge of getting you through this terrible situation somehow. Yeah, the uh, War Horse is an underrated film, I think. I think it won awards. I don't think it's underrated. It was Steven Spielberg, right? Mm-hmm. It's really good. And, like... I'm not disagreeing with you. Was that World War One or Two? Uh, one, I believe. Was it? I don't know. I have to look. I liked it. We've I've... both seen it. Trust us. <laughs> We've reviewed it. It's pro- we've got a podcast I believe it. it's one. Um, so yeah, everything about this movie, the lighting, the acting, the acting's really good. The, the, there's, you know, people crop up along the way that you're like, oh, that guy, oh, that guy. There's a lot of realism to it. The set design is like amazing. It looks like it was. Oh, it's beyond amazing. It's like you're there. Yeah, it looks like it. Well, we saw the we saw the extras and how much effort it looked like it took to make. They had to kind of rehearse it, like a, because it is you know big long sections of talking and then a bit of action and then some talking. They had to like fit it in with the landscape. Like we've got a field that's this long. We have to have them saying this because mm-hmm. we don't want it to look like they stop here just to finish a conversation. Like you said, it's like designing a a play for a stage that. You know, for a, an actor or a character to walk from stage right to stage left, and they have to deliver their lines in the, the right amount of speed. So when they reach the end of the stage, they've said the right word so that the next person can come in and go to the back, you know, their mark at the back and keep it flowing like that. That's how they were setting it up, which is very complex. And it War feels, Horse was World War One, Right. It feels complex watching it to me. I was like, wow, how did they even pull some of this stuff off? It's like... You know the bit with the plane, again, the dogfight, mm-hmm. and then the, the plane starts to come down, and then it hits the thing, and then they carry on. Like it's, The whole thing's so seamless. Like You're looking at it, they're looking at some planes in the sky, a plane starts coming towards them, and then an incident happens, and then they're dealing with that, and the plane's still there, burning. It all. I was like, whoa, there's n- nothing seems like it's dummy. Give them a break. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's, yeah, it's a pretty hard day for these guys. But, I mean, that's the reality of that kind of situation. You don't get to say, okay, everybody, whew, stop for five minutes. Let's just catch our breath. I mean, it, dickheads in war don't give you that chance. So um, let's move on to the cast here. Um, George McKay was the main guy. He's called Lance Corporal Schofield. He is fantastic. That was excellent. There's just a lot for him to do, isn't there? Like, it's like, you don't know him, probably. Like, I mean... He's not like a somebody you've seen a hundred times, is he? Mm-mm. To me, he's like a new face, and 
he's just blowing me away. Like every, he's doing action. He's doing really dramatic stuff with his friend. And also all with that, like, holy crap, what's happening? Look on his face because it's unavoidable. Yeah. I think, you know. The part where he's like, where he's decided I'm running down the trench and I'm, it's taking me ages because all the people are in the way. I'm just going to run out of the trench and run in a straight I know. Line. I was like, no, 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 no. Yeah. And the look on his face was like, it, it was almost like, I, I, I'm probably going to die, but I'm keeping going. I'm running. I'm running. Yeah. You know, my, I'm doing what I said I would do. So, yeah, I really, I'd love to see this guy again. He was really, really good. Um, and his friend, Dean Charles Chapman, plays Lance Corporal Blake. What did you think of him? Very young. He was good. He's yeah. from uh, Game of Thrones. I don't know if you know. I don't he know. is from I don't Game know what he was, but right. he was in it. Yeah, I, I saw that too. I just don't know who he was. Um, you know what, though? When people say, oh, he's from Game of Thrones, there were so many people in Game of Thrones. True. <laughs> <laughs> um, Colin Firth, blink, and, blink or you'll miss him. Yeah. It could have been anyone. Plays General Aaron Moore. But he, I mean, he's good, isn't he, at delivering? Yeah, but I mean, it could have been anyone with a serious tone in their voice. He's the one that hands off the thing to tell the two young soldiers to go yeah. tell this other guy. I mean, he's literally in the movie for like 90 seconds. Probably, right? Yeah. Um, and the same for Mark Strong, who plays Captain Smith. I love Mark Strong. And he, again, here, I, I liked his character. It's very brief. It's probably two minutes again. But where, you know... The advice he gives him, I really liked that because yep. I didn't think about that. That's what I'm saying. It's like, you know. Yeah. He's also, just he has an attitude of like, okay, well, here you go. Because there's this one guy with orders to stop an entire battalion from getting massacred. And this guy who's a captain. Yeah, captain. Colonel, school. maybe. No, he's captain. Captain. Has a whole group of his own. And it's not like he's even going to offer to help this kid. They drive him a little ways, but it's like, here you go. Okay, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> but because it, it's like, what's the point? It, this is all kind of hopeless, so just be on your merry way. It isn't like he said, well, I'll send three men with you, or, you know, we're going to, we're changing course, everyone. We're going to save the, whoever they are. No, but it was like, oh, well, good luck. We hope you don't die. Yep. And there's so many, um, Benedict Cumberbatch also plays Colonel McKenzie. These three guys, the big heavy hitters, aren't they? Colin Firth, mm-hmm. Mark Strong, Benedict Cumberbatch. They all are in it for two minutes each. But it doesn't, doesn't ride on them. The young man no. is the one who it all rides on. No, uh, but I feel like they add because they all bring it. Like, they're all sure. good. Um, they're all, I believe, their characters. You know, I like Benedict Cumberbatch's kind of dilemma that he's got. You know, when, once he receives some news. Like, you know, it's well, all, it's, the, uh, it's the same thing. Like, what is the, why, what's the point here? Yeah, like, do... Do we just do our own thing or do we listen to this shit? Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> that's kind of how it is, isn't it? Like, you know, you're on the front lines and then, like, command is sending you orders and you're like, command, you know you know nothing. Like, where's it here? We can see what's yeah, exactly. happening. What exactly. You, and you're telling us what to do. That must be how it feels. So it definitely telegraphs all that too. This is directed by Sam Mendes. You'll know him. He's directing many movies. Skyfall, Spectre. Away We Go, which is a great movie you should watch. Remember that one? Yes. John Krasinski. Uh, Revolutionary Road, which is amazing, starring him, his wife. Yep. Jarhead, which is also a great movie, um, Jake Gyllenhaal. And American Beauty, which is also an amazing movie. 
but now I can't stop thinking of Kevin Spacey being a dick. <laughs> um, True. It is an amazing movie, though, American Beauty. I mean, Sam Mendes has got some CV, what do you call it? Resume. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's a great director. I, I love watching his stuff. I was so glad when he got to do James Bond. He did two of them. They're really awesome, his James Bond. Skyfall is possibly one of the best James Bond movies, right? Um, I don't know. I have to watch them all again. He's obviously they all have qualities except for that one. It has a good song, but other than that, it's shit. Which one? You know. You mean Fetch My Shoes? Da-na-na, da-na-na, da-na. Da-na-na. Isn't that the one? Da-na-na, this is, I don't know. This is great. Do, keep doing it. <laughs> <laughs> um you know with the with the the you, terrible sheriff and the voodoo and all that oh you mean not die another day live and let die live and let die uh-huh. live and let die you know that song that's, that's the beatles okay i shouldn't sing it then. well wings <laughs> actually wings right i don't know paul mccartney and wings i'm out of touch yeah i mean yeah I mean, I love um, Skyfall, Roger Deakins, and Sam Mendes. Amazing. Prime Bond for me. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I like his direction. Um, so there are extras on this Blu-ray. There's a... See how the, it says, see how the filmmakers achieve this immersive cinematic masterpiece. If they say so themselves. <laughs> yeah, really? <laughs> so you get The Weight of the World, Sam Mendes. Allied Forces, making 1917. The score of 1917 and more. There's also a commentary. When they say and more, they're underselling it because there's a Sam Mendes commentary, which I'm going to be listening to this week. Um, so, IMDb reviews. You explain what they are and I'll pull them up. You find reviews that people give one star to the movie that we're discussing. And then if we agree with them, we think they're so smart. And if we disagree with them, they sound like idiots. It's kind of how it works. <laughs> This. <laughs> it's a fun game. All right, so I'm on the other end of the spectrum. I'm a 9 or a 10 for this movie, right? These people are on the 1. These okay. people this is the worst movie. All right. Uh, there somebody's going to say worst movie ever, waste of my time. I want my time back or I was bored. Yes. This guy says it's a vapid cartoon that shows against shows once again that Hollywood is completely out of ideas. What? A vapid cartoon. Okay. Maybe you went into the wrong cinema and saw the wrong thing. Maybe you saw, like, you know, some animated short. Is there a new animated short going on? (laughs) Um, How about terrible, predictable and horrendous? Jeez Louise. The acting was terrible and the story was nonsense. The only exciting part about the movie was when people were dying. I highly doubt he met a strange woman with a child, and I highly doubt any of this ever happened. This movie was Saving Private Ryan, boring and predictable edition. Okay. Yeah, it's it's a fictional story, you dickhead. How it's about- not about a person doing a real thing. <laughs> exactly. It never claims to say it's a true story. No. Um, this one says, uh, worst war movie ever seen. Ever. Ever. The story is a cliche. The performances are awful. I wonder how many people compare it to Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> well, that other guy. That other person. This guy says, boring. It's like I watched the trailer of Battlefield 1. Video game. 
All right. Uh, but you watched it all, and then you took the time to come and type a little something with your dumb thumb. Nice. This guy says, Unfortunately, I only skimmed the surface when reading the reviews before seeing this movie, which led me to losing the price of a ticket and two hours of my life. <laughs> two hours of my life I can't get back. It's hilarious. It's amazing how many fake reviews there are for this film. Fake because you don't agree? Yeah, exactly. How about yours is fake because it's not a review? How about ponderous and trite, poorly directed, very predictable, hard to understand the buzz for this movie. I forced myself to watch the entire movie. I wasted a whole two hours of my life. Wasting your life. I recommend you skip this one. It panders to the PC anti-war Hollywood lefties. (laughs) So, yeah, that's the people who think it's a one star. Um, Nice. I don't like the people who who think this is a one star. (laughs) I want to distance myself socially from them. What do you think? Uh, your distance, you're far enough away. They're, they're fine. You're not going to get the disease of their brain. They're, they're fine. So conclusion, what do we, I, I, I'm going to tell you, I love this movie. It's, it's a great war movie. Also, it just looks amazing. Did it's, you have a, did you have a complaint about the sound? Cause I did not. Um, it's not, I don't know if it's the sound, but there are times when the voices, because of what's going on. And we've talked about before, like when they've laid the voices in that, there's, there's something missing. Not um, the mouths matched fine, but the sound of the voices was clearly recorded over. You know, because there's a lot going on, I guess, on the set. But it just didn't quite. It just had that sort of hollow sound when, in fact, they were in a real place. You know, uh, this is a thing I've come to um, learn. <clears throat> you know, because we have Dolby Atmos, and we watch it. The, this movie was in Dolby Atmos, and it's so. Like, it's such good sound. I feel like the flaws stick out more. You know, like, well, the yeah. mix, like high definition, the flaws stick out more. I feel like it does in Dolby Atmos, too. It, I feel like you can hear overdubbed dialogue that you could not hear when it wasn't as clear as it is, you know? So, Definitely. So sometimes I think, like, pristine, non-compressed audio can be a detriment because you're like, oh, hold on, that sounds like a recording booth, and that doesn't. Like, you can actually hear it. So I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. So basically, just have a shitty sound system in your home. <laughs> don't get anything great. Have a bad screen, <laughs> have a bad everything, and everything will look great. Yeah. And, and you won't great. notice. If you, you know, you won't notice that stuff. So, um, yeah, it, it's really high rating for me. It'll be in my top ten list, I guarantee you, at the end of this year. And you? What my, I think I've said, I think it's, it's so engrossing and brings up so many like emotions because I've never been in war. I've known people who've been to war, different, different wars, different, what are they called? Military actions, military, whatever. And, um, you'll never understand what they're going through, but a movie like this just floods my brain with human reaction like what if i was standing right there right now covered in mud and shit and blood and a dead person's body right next to me and there's no like okay everybody let's just stop this and everybody gets up and goes you know gets on no this is like you're locked in a prison of horror 
that's real, that's driven by people who want to make this happen. And that is just terrifying. So all of that floods up and it's just a, it's an engrossing experience. I thought that was awesome. There's a section that made me wince. He cut his hand on some barbed oh, wire yeah. oh and then God. he put his hand down on a dead body and there was, looked like poo. No, it was a guy's gut. Guts, but it looked His like hand it, went right in the gut. Yeah, right in the gut. And, I, yeah. and it was a fresh open wound and I was like, uh. You're going to die of an infection, but for now you've got to get the message through. Yeah, true. <laughs> so there are, there are, you know, barbed wire is evil. Well, it's a, it's meant to keep <laughs> people and animals in or out. I mean, you know, that's what it's for. Don't go near it. If you don't want to get cut, don't go near yeah, it. Yeah, this is more than barbed wire. It's razor wire. It's the worst kind, isn't it? The kind of... No, that was just barbed wire. It's nasty, though. The one that he encountered, yeah. So don't put your hand on barbed wire. No, don't. So movie recommendations. My favorite war movie of all time, all time, is Apocalypse Now. So I'm recommending it. Do you like it? Um, yeah, not as much as you. I appreciate that it's powerful, but it is not like this movie in that it's very, um, drama Hollywood forward. You know what I mean? It is, it feels directed and conducted and like in your face intentionally like, you know. Yeah, I know what you mean. Versus what I want to depict to you the idea of war and the horrors of it versus this is the Hollywood version of horror, which is just as it can be powerful in a different way, but it feels more directed. And my second one is I couldn't, there was another war movie that I really love. I couldn't think of it. So I think, and then all of a sudden this is how my brain was working. I was thinking of Benedict Cumberbatch and then I was going like Dr. Strange. That's a cool Marvel movie. True. You know what I mean? It's different to the others got quite a cool ending that's like whoa this is like it's almost trippy like psychedelic um i recommend it doctor strange it's a weird one to recommend off 1917 but there you go and yours are mine are this year of course i've told you all that i'm going to go back to a hundred years of cinema but today we're gonna go back to 1917 because this is what this movie is and so One of the earliest movies that came out that year was Great Expectations, a silent movie from the movie or from the book um, by, you know who it is, you know. Uh, Hello, Gamna. (laughs) Okay. How do I think that? (laughs) um, Charles Dickens. Oh my God. Oh my God. I'm so uncultured. Charles Charles Dickens. Charles Dickens impression. (laughs) No, it's like, isn't there? I don't know. It's my British impression. It's like Scrooge, so, like one of the chimney sweep. Great things. Expectations from 1917 is, I think, the earliest film version of that story. And from 1970, which is just 50 years ago, Catch-22. I think I've seen that. Have you? Yeah, I've actually seen it. Yes. Now, I haven't seen all these movies. I'm not recommending them based on the fact that I have seen them or that I know the quality of them. I'm just giving you a little bit of chance to look back through cinematic, cinematic history and be like, oh, that's what they were doing. Because 1917, you might not even know movies were being made. Like, you know, big movies. If you look at the year, or 1917, over on Wikipedia or even on IMDb, there's a lot of movies. And then you start seeing names you've heard before. John Ford... Charles Chaplin, of course, Buster Keaton, da 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 da. That, that was the era. Mary Pickford. Um, so check it out. Check it out. 
All right, I am going with my Ace Scully stuff. Doom Eternal came out this week. Do you know what Doom is? <laughs> yes. I've been married to you for a long damn time. Uh, all right, I'll uh, ask you. what The original Doom, what what was important about it? Uh, first first person shooter? Yes. See? Well done. I, well done. It's just soaked up in my brain over the years. I can't really help Actually, it. Actually, <clears throat> I would say it's the, sec- the second first person shooter, but the one that made first person shooters a thing. Because Return to Castle Wolfenstein was the first one. But uh, Doom, Doom Eternal is the 2020 version of Doom. It's It takes the old school gameplay of Doom. You know, no nonsense. Um, hell. The creatures of hell have invaded Earth. And it's up to you as the Doom guy to get in there and make sure everybody survives. Even though this game starts out by telling you that 60% of the Earth's population just died because of this. Okay. It's pretty. That's pretty intense, right? 60%. So uh, you're just fighting for the 40%. It's not like that wimpy 2% from the leftovers. Come on. No, it's not like that. It's like, hey, 60% have already gone. Now it's your turn as the Doom guy to get in there and clean out the legions of hell. And it's just, you know... It's Doom. You go in there, you got a shotgun, you got a the BFG, as they call it. Have you heard of that? That's the mm. famous gun from Doom. It's I think you've said it, yeah. For You know why it's called the BFG? Big fucking gun? Yes. <laughs> that isn't exactly like you have to know it to know it. <laughs> you just have to be a grown-up who knows swear words. Um, all these things are in there. It's the difference between this one and the last Doom, which was in 2016 is it's bigger. There's a lot more places. You go all over the world, basically. So there's ice and fire, and you go into hell again. So there's a lot. it's a lot bigger. And also, there's all these systems involved um, that you have to figure out. Like, there's, you press your Y button on your controller, you fire, you've got like a little flamethrower that will burn an enemy. If the enemy's on fire, it will drop armor. Which helps you, you know, if you're going to die, you need the armor. There's also a chainsaw that you have. If you chainsaw an enemy, the enemy busts out like a piñata almost. Health and uh, it fills your health back up. So you're in this room, you get in a room generally and there's like demons everywhere. And it's this kind of like kill this one, chainsaw that one because I need some health. Oh, my armor's nearly down. Press, you know, do the flamethrower on that guy. Save that guy for later because I need health. Keep that little guy over there. Go and fight the big guy. You know, it's kind of this um, like puzzle almost because you've got to keep yourself alive. You've got to keep enough ammo and you've got to, you know, kill the demons in different ways to get different things from it them. It sounds horrible. No, it's really awesome. <laughs> it's like when, when you're in a role and you're like doing it all. It's like you're unstoppable. It's like it's like yeah, you're some kind of Yeah. If nobody knows, when I play games, I don't like a challenge. It's a challenge, <laughs> but it's I a like fun build one. games like my precious Sims and City Skylines and things like that. Yeah. But it's not that kind of thing. It's no. just hardcore heavy metal music is playing sometimes. It's really intense. The graphics are really good. They actually did a really good job. It's like a what you would want from a brand new Doom game. So, I'm impressed. The other thing, due to the times that we are in with the coronavirus, uh, I've had a few like 
interactions with the movie studios when we review um, the Blu-rays, for instance, this one this week. Thus, you're listening to this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and they're all starting to, because of this, and they can't, you know, the cinemas, we didn't mention it earlier, but yeah. in film news, cinemas have closed. So Movie all, theaters. Yeah, all the movies that were in movie theaters at the moment, like pretty much all of them, the ones that you could have gone and seen, but you can't now, are at home. So you can go to Voodoo or Xbox or wherever you buy your digital movies. And there are rentals of all the new movies, including um, Harley Quinn movie that just came out, uh, Onward, the Pixar movie. There's um, The Hunt, Emma, and what else was there? Um, there was another one, The Hunt. Can you remember? Mm-mm. Other movies that came out. Well, anyway, all these studios are doing these this new rental service where you can watch movies that are in the cinema now because you can't see them in the cinema now. They're not all handling it the same way, though. Some people are just postponing completely. We're not even releasing this for yeah, like till Captain 2021. Yeah, we're just completely postponing everything. But, but like the Pixar movie that literally has been in the cinema for a week, you can rent it now. There's a bunch. Um so that's a, a unique new thing that I was thinking, is that like letting the genie out of the bottle and now you can't not do it anymore? Like the genie's out of the bottle, but when the theaters come back, they'll still do it. Because I think it's good to have the choice. If you want to see it at home, see it at home. Sure. If you want to go to the theater, see it in the theater. So I think I feel like this might be like letting the genie out of the bottle and it has to stay out because people get used to it. So, uh, true. So brand new movies. But, or people will really crave going out again. Yeah, they will. Because I, I, I don't think we're stressing enough. It's literally not like everybody's locked down in their house or anything. But from two months ago to now, if I, if you want to go out right now, the restaurants in our county are closed except for curbside pickup, delivery. That's it. You can, you order, you call ahead, you order. They have to carry it outside to you and give it to you in your car, or if they deliver, they deliver, or drive-thrus, and not even all the drive-thrus are still open. Places like Subway or any place with a uh, self-serve or where you're leaning over the food, those are closed. Movie like, theaters are closed. Movie theaters are closed. Um, stores, some businesses are all closed unless necessary. There's rules in some, well, the law has been made like in different, some places it's you can't have more than 10 people in a gathering, some it's 50, um, et cetera. So imagine in the next two months, if you had all the graduations are being canceled for all the schools, all the proms, all the sports, we haven't even talked about sports. Yeah, true. Sports, sports pretty much immediately canceled. stopped, yeah. like all the big leagues just stopped having games, which meant stadiums are closed, which means all the people who work in all the stadiums don't go to work. All the players aren't together to even practice. So what was one thing that they did? The Was it basketball who they all got online and played? Oh, yeah. They played it on Twitch. Right. The basketball video game. Right. <laughs> so instead of all <laughs> being together, I mean, just as a thing, anything you can do, right? So or maybe we're not stressing enough this sort of limit temporary limitedness but if people get used to it if you if it goes on long enough you can get used to anything you know but then when it's over does everybody just go ah we gotta go out we're all gonna go out to dinner we're gonna go to the movie i think they will for a while and then (laughs) just go and then we'll just be a bunch of dickheads again but i do feel like the movies at home 
um, thing might just become a thing. Like, you, you either go out or you stay in. You can watch it either way. Like, it's just a choice, you know? I mean, you pay $20 to go to the movie theater or you pay 20 to watch it mm-hmm. at home. As long as they don't try to gouge the prices. The, most of these are nineteen ninety nine for a rental. So I, I assume they're assuming you're going to watch it in a room full of people. And for a room full of people to go to the movie theater, it's $100, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas a family sitting down to watch this Onward Pixar movie for 20 bucks, like all of them can watch it. You can invite, well, you shouldn't be inviting people around. Don't, don't say that. But Not for this, no. If you're a family of five and you've got three kids and two adults, you're all seeing it for 20 bucks. So I guess that's where they're getting that price from. I think that's a bit high. Um, I think, you know what? I, I mean, they're just going for it by, if you were in Los Angeles, went to the movie, got some popcorn and a beverage, you are spending 20 or $25 for yeah. one person. So if I were to go, I would spend $18. I added it up the other day. That's how much it would cost me to get a ticket, a large popcorn, a large beverage. Not to mention when you go to the movie, you're probably going to go out to supper or you're probably going to go shopping and it's buy like something like $100 else. by the time you're done. Yeah, for two people, you're going to spend. And so... I don't think it's unreasonable. In they are businesses; they have to keep doing business. Movies cost a lot to make. Yeah, we know they have a lot of money. We get it. But if you stop doing taking in money for six months as a business, that's that's a problem. So I don't mind that as long as they're not gouging. Well, this is my idea to the studios. Are you ready? If you're going to charge twenty dollars for a first run movie, like so, if I want to see, you know, say 1917's out today. In the, in the movie theaters, but also at home, it's $20. Okay, so I pay $20, and then six months down the line, when the Blu-ray was coming out, I get the digital copy to keep. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Instead of just a rental, because that might like sure. encourage me to, okay, so I'll watch it now, and I'll get to keep it down the line. That's what I think. I think that adds Yeah, I guess they want to mitigate that by saying, you rent it now, you like it, and then later when buy we do release the DVDs, you yeah. will want to buy it, yeah. Yeah. So, um... That's a thing that's happening. Movie studios are putting movies in the home that are not in the theaters at the moment, but they would be. And the other thing is, if you want to win a copy of this marvelous movie we reviewed, 1917, go to com because I've got a copy to give away. <laughs> For free? Yes, you can win it. No gouging here at com. No, you will get a Blu-ray <laughs> copy, not a digital. You get a It'll have a digital code inside, but it'll be a Blu-ray, a DVD, and a digital code, and we'll mail it to you, and you will enjoy it and love it. <laughs> Is that like, are you dictating? You will enjoy you it. You will. Period. If you, if you don't, I will come around and take it back. <laughs> no, you won't. <laughs> You're not going to a stranger's house. <laughs> Another thing, deliveries. Deliveries. They are now not knocking on the door. Well, they'll knock on the door, but they will not hand it to you now. You don't have to sign for it. They are just dropping it with their little mask on because they're wearing masks and walk away. Yeah, I actually, today I saw the mail person and she had a mask on. Exactly. Yeah, so... Uh, yeah, and yeah, not signing for things. There's going to be trouble with that, I think. People are going to steal shit from people. Uh, this brings out the best and the worst in everybody. That's yeah. just the way it goes, unfortunately. So that is my lot. What is for dinner? Well, if they're open and their drive through is open, we'll be having Impossible Whoppers. drive throughs are staying open, as we found. Because not all. they love money, right? Some, yeah. Well, I mean, they have to... You can't just say to a company, and especially, like... Okay, so you've got 25 people who work at your Burger King, right? They cover all the shifts, they cover all the days, they're open long hours, and you've got a bunch of people. 
all of a sudden you close down. All of those people, they don't get, I mean, I'm on a salary, so I'm extremely lucky in this situation. My life has led me to a point where I have a job that isn't going to go away. It isn't going to get less. My paycheck will not suffer. However, everyone who's an hourly wage person, unless someone comes along and something happens that's mandated to them, to the companies to pay them, they get nothing. So you say to all these employees, okay, all 25 of you don't come in anymore. Well, that's 25 people now who next week may not have money to buy food. And in two weeks, they won't have money to pay their rent. And in three weeks, they won't have money to send their kid, do anything, right? So that is unfortunate. So if you want to cling to any hope of keeping people going and you can do it, that's why I'm happy to go and spend my, I mean, we now have food and stuff because I actually started this a few weeks ago, if you remember. I bought a little extra toilet paper every time I went out. I didn't buy it all at once. We haven't mentioned that in the last week. Yeah, that's There's been a uh, run on toilet paper, um, packaged foods, milk, bread, etc. When you go to the store, entire rows are empty. Like, you know, the milk thing was empty except for like the $6 a carton expensive organic milk and the $6 Eggs, all the other eggs were gone, all the toilet paper, all the cleaning products, because everyone's gone Lysol crazy and Clorox wipe crazy. Um, And so we have enough now because I've been just buying and I know how to cook from scratch, which is a very huge benefit right now. I've seen so many people comment and say, I have no idea how to even make bread and the store doesn't have bread and I've got three kids. What do I do? You know, and you're like, and I understand that. Absolutely. And everyone doesn't. No, everything. Like I don't. I wouldn't know how to fix my car if I broke down on the road. Exactly. Whereas a lot of people do. I don't know how to like. I don't have my own water supply or my own power supply. Whereas other people do. You know, they're they're really dug in to like. You know, the preppers and the homesteaders, people like that. They're pretty dug in, but we don't have that. We're still dependent on a system for those things. So many people aren't though, and so we're good for food. Like we've. I've got it covered. We've got powdered things and dried foods, and I'm growing seedlings because I'm trying to garden every year. So that's a benefit. We're kind of at an advantage there, um, somewhat. But yeah, if we want to support even Burger King, it sounds like a big corporation. Oh, they'll be fine. Well, think about it. They're just operating on their flow of income day after day, week after week, month after month. And if they start hurting, then their franchises start hurting starts closing, you know, it's just a, it's a trickle down effect. Um, so yeah, I'll go give them some money. If they're not there, then we'll cook something. Nice. No, they'll be there. I guarantee you. You guarantee me, eh? Um, what's your advice before we leave? My advice, and it's very simple and I didn't make it up, so don't roll your eyes at me, but, and it sounds pretty basic, but anything you hear, like us telling you this, like I said, if you're in the future or this is tomorrow, uh, or Monday, March 23rd, when you're listening to this, you're like, yeah, we're so sick of hearing about it. As soon as you get any information, quote unquote, facts, directives, you see a news story, you hear anything, take a deep breath, do the thing where you count very slowly while you breathe out, count to 10, clear your brain out a little bit, you know, before yeah. you jump to like, Anything, any conclusion, any reaction at all. Just be like, get some oxygen flowing through your brain. 
Think about what you're reading or seeing because there's so much misinformation and dangerous information and just people don't know. So they're passing around stuff that isn't accurate and they don't even know it, right? Just don't panic if you can avoid it. Everyone has a different circumstance. Don't be mad at your neighbor if they don't want to share something with you. Maybe they have, you know, if they want to answer their door or... You say to them, do you want me to get you something in the store? And they're like, no, thank you. Well, don't be offended because maybe they have someone in their house and they're really terrified and you can't, you can't, you can't change that about them. Right. Also don't get mad at the neighbor who does go out and drive around and goes to the store and does their thing because they're hopefully following guidelines, but don't be like resentful that they're going out into the world. Just, they're just doing it a different way. You know what I mean? So and don't be mad at me when you see my car driving around because I have to go to work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm going to work tomorrow. And so that's just the way it is. We work our places there 24-7, obviously. So tomorrow will be interesting. I haven't been there since last Wednesday. Um, I'm always there on Sunday. So we have a huge building where almost 3,000 people work, I think. 2,500 to 3,000 during the day. And then lots of other people come in. It's a business, you know, offices and businesses. Um, well, I mean, you're doing state business there. And so we are always there on Sunday. It's always empty, like completely empty, except for like us and the security guards. So I'm used to that feeling. But if it's that way during the whole week, talk about getting used to something because I kind of like it. <laughs> I don't <laughs> want anyone to be sick or anything, but we have had someone in our building test positive, And so they're doing the big deep clean and all that kind of stuff. So it'd be a whole, you know, life has changed adapt or it's going to really, really, really drive you crazy. So there's no some more advice. Just adapt. Adapt and be smart. All right. So um, also adapt to listen to this podcast if you don't already. I don't know how you'll hear me saying that. Hey. <laughs> you can catch us on Twitter and Facebook. Ascully.com is the home of this podcast. We're on Google Play, iTunes, where else? Spotify, smart speakers, Tune in radio, iHeartRadio, and there's an RSS feed. You know what? I wanted to subscribe to a podcast this week. It was the Tom Green podcast. And he has it so you can listen to it on his page, but there is no option to subscribe to it in any way. I huh. assume he's not very technical or something. Because I was like, how the hell are you supposed to... Sub oh, you have to come to this page every week? Uh, that sounds like by design. I don't think that's a very <laughs> smart move when you think about it. Yeah, I guess. You can catch us on Instagram and Facebook and all those places. Email feedback to me at aschoolyatascoolyat.com. Don't email Sid Talk. And stay classy, Sam Mendes and his grandfather. An excellent movie this week, 1917. Win a copy on aschoolyat.com. And I'm going to say, no matter when this is or what's going on in the world, think for yourself or someone will do it for you. <laughs>